Welcome back. This is Needed Conversations. Victoria and Ryan Cole here. So glad that you joined us for another episode as we are breaking down family rhythms and family routines. We started a new series last week, so we're continuing our conversation in regards to building those routines and rhythms with the family. Yeah, and I think this is the perfect time to have this kind of conversation. We've been talking about building a marriage with a mission. And so, um, you know, building a marriage on a mission equips you to start building family teams Mm -hmm. and that's where everyone is kind of on the same page where we destroy individualism uh, this kind of independent self-serving mentality where it's my purpose your purpose and you know we just so happen to be living in the same house or you know we we agree to live together and even be married but you know you do your thing and I do my thing we break all of that down and we put uh, us together on the same path, right? Even though we do have different gifts and callings and strengths and all of that, you know, we realize that we are better together than we are apart. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. You know, we've talked a lot about marriage with a mission and uh, we had so many people ask us questions. Well, you know, we're in completely separate career paths. Well, we walked couples, you know, this past few weeks uh, on how to create that vision together so that you guys can run in parallel. It doesn't mean that you lose who you are and what you're doing, but it means that you're linking arms and finding some common ground to work together. And that not only helps you to communicate as a couple, but it also helps you uh, with your children as they are growing older to help them establish those good habits as well. That's absolutely right. You know, we were with Apostle Les Bowling this weekend. Um, we heard him speak um, here here locally, and it was just such an honor to be in his presence. He's a you know he's a spiritual father, and one of the things he said in his message on spiritual fatherhood, which was so needed, was if you want to go fast go alone Mm -hmm. but if you want to go further go together that's so good and i think that uh, we can have individual successes um, but together if we take our family and look at it in terms of a team a collective then we can do more in the world than we could ever we have ever thought possible right Mm -hmm. i see people who have success in their careers but because their family structure is lacking, that success is not able to be translated to the next generation. And a lot of times, you know, that success begins and ends with them because their kids are deprived of kind of the fundamental things that every child needs, which is love, affirmation, not presence, but your presence. Mm-hmm. They need you there. Um, and sometimes we can sacrifice the next generation on the altar of temporary success in our careers or whatever. And that is in no way to tell you that you shouldn't have aspirations or dreams, but it's to tell you, make sure that you prioritize that. You don't have to get there at lightning speed, right? You can walk strategically instead of running and tripping and falling and having to pick yourself up along the way. Don't be in so much of a rush that you push your family aside in order to gain the affirmation of the world through career success or whatever. Um, that's really what we're trying to get you to understand, especially this time of the year when the holidays are around and you know we are rounding out the end of the year. 2022, are you thinking now about kind of the things that you want to adjust in your family to help bring some more healthy rhythms 
Um, and so, you know, the starting with the marriage, of course, building your marriage on a mission, but then uh, building an environment in your home where everybody can thrive. And that really comes down to your daily rituals and your routines. Mm-hmm. And we have had, you know, a back and forth with our rhythms, trying to find the best rhythms. And I think we found an okay, you know, rhythm in certain areas, but we're still refining it ourselves. Um, especially when you have toddlers and they're changing and they're growing a rhythm that worked, you know, six months ago might not work this month. I think the older your children get, the more consistent you can set in and pace a rhythm that your family can work with. And then I think also with what we're doing in ministry, our schedules can tend to be a little more unpredictable than the standard go to work, come home situation. Mm -hmm or just kind of set work hours. But Victoria, you want to add some thoughts there? Yeah, you know, I was listening to a podcast yesterday. And one of the statements that was made was very profound to me, because I kind of came from that as a single individual. Um, One of the things that was stated was, you know, marriage is brutal for the independent. And that's not to say that in some form and fashion, you are still independent. Like if you go to work, you know, you're holding down your career and stuff like that. In certain aspects, you are still, you know, carrying that load yourself. But uh, what I feel like what that statement really meant was if you separate in your marriage, like this is yours and this is mine. This is your duty. This is my duty. It becomes very brutal because then you're creating this ruler by which you measure your spouse. Did they achieve? Did they attain this? And so it doesn't become this working together as a team, but it's like, did you do your part? Or did you do your part? Well, I'm doing my part. And so you can start getting in a lot of disputes and then you see your children and your children are both looking at you guys and you're like not on the same page. So that was such a profound statement where you said at the beginning is to build a, a family team. You know, I hear so many people say family is the most important thing, but I don't know if people understand what that really means. Yeah. And again, as you said, it's really building those traditions and having those conversations like we've been having for the past few weeks about, you know, certain things that we want to instill in our children and them growing and understanding every single year a little bit more. We have to find a way to approach it so that we can not only say this is black and white, you know, but no, we don't do this things because of this, or we do these things because of this. Um, And so just presenting that to your children this way, it helps to, I feel like solidify for you too. This is our traditions and this is what we're passing on to our children. Yeah. And I think a good kind of anchor in that is kind of recognizing the importance of the Sabbath. Um, and it's not something that we are extremely strict with. Mm-hmm. Um, like when you look at biblical precedents of, you know, they didn't uh, work at all. Like they were very strict and even kind of m- more orthodox practicing Jews, you know, even do away with technology and social media. I would strive, I'm, we're striving to get there, but that's not where we're at mm-hmm. yet. Um, but that's kind of our marker. Every single week we've looked at our schedule and we say, Monday is more of a flex day. It's a day where our daughter is not in school, so we have both the children. You know, because we're in ministry, we do a lot more on the weekends at times for ministry. So that's kind of sucked, you know, sucked up into the the orbit of what we do every single week. Um, and so Monday is a pretty good flex day for us. Now, 
we have some adjustments that we make here and there. But every single Monday, we know we're going to hit that reset button in some way. We're going to make sure that the house is kind of put back in order after the weekly, you know, everything. We make sure that we're having a family dinner at the table with our kids, that we're, you know, spending time with them, maybe take a walk outdoors, do those kind of things that set into motion how the rest of our week is going to go. Right. And that we enter it from a place of rest. It's not a day where we overly stress out about things. We release our podcast on Mondays. And so we're we're still working, but it's our our mental reset day. I think that's kind of where stuff begins for us. Mm -hmm. Most people look at Mondays as negative, but, you know, I think that work schedules for everyone are kind of not the norm anymore. So we've just chosen Monday as kind of that reset day. Yeah, for sure. And then also we just make sure to implement certain things with the kids, um, making sure their rooms are clean as much as we can before they get into bed so that when they wake up in the morning, they're starting off fresh and and that they make, they're making their beds. You know, I was just downstairs with Mila a few minutes ago and we were getting dressed for the day and I said, let's make your bed. And um, I really didn't have that as much as a child. It wasn't really until I moved out of my house that I really started making my bed. I know that sounds crazy, mm-hmm. but whenever I did, I remember I moved into my first apartment and I said to myself, I'm going to start making my bed. And I don't know what it was, but it just worked. Every mm-hmm. single morning I did it and I started to feel better. Mm-hmm. It just made things better, you know? Yeah. And I I get questions uh, quite often, you know, from parents, from moms specifically, of like, how do you, uh, how are you able to accomplish so many things with little children? And I always say, you know, you start teaching them very young, like Ryan said, is just those little things. When they're taking off their clothes for the bath, I send them to the laundry room, they throw the stuff in the laundry right. basket themselves. Now, when they get to a place where they're older, you know, like teenage years, I'm going to have a basket in their room and they're going to put their dirty clothes in there. They're going to start the washer. They're going to dry it. And Mila is already in a place where I'm having her fold it and she doesn't like it. But what's teaching, what is uh, helping me in this uh, factor is she is more careful in digging through the clothes. So it's just instilling those little things that not only help your child and give them a life skill, but it helps you along the way as well, not to put all that strain on you as well. And we've learned over the years too, that as our evening is closing down, the kids go to bed between eight and eight thirty. you know, that we are all pitching in to wind down. Yeah. We're finishing out our tasks. We're tucking the kids in bed. We're cleaning up the dishes. And so it's really important for me. And we've had this wrestling because Victoria will go and go and go until it's time for her to jump into bed. Like she will continually move. But it's important for me to have a a distinct wind down time every single day. I'll enjoy it. I like watching shows, movies, stuff like that. I'm, I'm that kind of person. Um, so we made an agreement, like, I get up, I help, I pitch in, uh, we make sure we do the best that we can to straighten up the house as, you know, as decently as we can, try not to be overly obsessive, but, um, and then we stop, when, and then whatever we can't finish, it's going to go on to the next day, and we do sit and we rest, sit on the couch with one another, sometimes it's watching a show, or a lot of times, and then sometimes it's... Um, you know, having conversations about our next day and the kids are in bed. So that's kind of a holy time for us, you know, mm, nobody's interrupting our conversation. <laughs> right. But uh, yes, 
But that's sort of the the micro thing uh, about, you know, little routines and habits. Let's talk about macro, like long-term impact of kind of these habits that kind of uh, build into a broader family culture. When you think about culture, what do you think about? I think about music. I think about language. I think about uh, food. Um, if you've ever traveled into internationally, you know a culture by its distinct food and language and at times even their weather, which lends to the type of clothing they wear. Um, and then also uh, how touchy-feely that culture is. And all of this is a part of culture. And all of these little things that we just discussed in your household is setting a family culture. And it's going to be what they carry on once they leave your house, talking about your children. And it's going to determine whether or not they're able to thrive and discover their purpose in a house that is, you know, centered on the presence of God, or whether or not they're going to struggle with their identity going into their teen years. And it's particularly important in this day and age that our children know who they are before they're cast into the world. You know, um, one of the people that I respect so much is Jefferson Beefk, and I followed his work over the years since he had a viral uh, spoken word video. And he and his wife are just such an inspiration. And I think that they are leading the charge as it relates to uh, bringing our generation, millennials and younger, back to sort of some of the fundamentals of family and the importance of dinner times and the, you know, casting off the expectation that religion or church is going to, you know, raise your kids for you or the school system is going to raise your kids for you. But really taking um, an intentional look at how you live and focusing in on your children because they are the next generation. They are the ones who, you know, we're going to leave this world to and they're going to carry it on. We have to make sure that they are fully equipped. And in this day and age, with the struggle that so many are having with their identity, gender being flexible, um, sexuality, you know, uh, feeling all-inclusive, you know, your gender can be one thing one day and another thing another day. Mental health challenges are rampant among kids, kids who are committing suicide. Mm -hmm. We have to ask ourselves why. And I think Jefferson Beef and his wife, um, Alyssa, are doing a great job. Look them up and follow them. They have uh, an organization called Family Teams that we uh, kind of subscribe to. And he's got a new book out called Taking Back the Family. So shout out to him. But he um, made a social media post a couple of years ago that stood out to me. And he's talked about it in latter years. And I just want to read it. And then let's talk about it. He mm -hmm. said, one really big consequence of how we've structured Western Christianity over the last few hundred years is none of our highest and holiest moments exist in the home. What do I mean by that? Well, the two biggest holidays for Christians could be said to be Easter and Christmas. And where do we consider two, those two holidays to be at their peak moment? During a 90-minute church service with 500 people and chairs all facing a stage hearing a sermon. Is that fine? Sure. And it has its benefits. But one consequence is we have virtually zero available rituals and rhythms of identity and meaning for our families and homes. Mm. Now, this is speaking specifically to the Christian community. He says, contrast this with the Jewish faith and the Amish faith 
Every single highest holy moment in Judaism happens where? In a home, around a table. And a story is told. Um, He says uh, his favorite uh, joke is basically all Jewish holidays can be summarized in this. Someone tried to kill us. God saved us. Let's eat. And uh, it's no coincidence that statistically Jewish people have the absolute strongest family retention rate of their faith. Their retention rate is 95 to 97%, while evangelical Christians is 36%. This is a travesty and enormously affecting how we build our families. Home isn't sacred. It isn't a, a hub of holiness and meaning. It isn't the place of identity and story that everything should be orbiting around. Man, mm. I, I think that just slaps you in the face, especially those of us who are raised in kind of evangelical Christianity. And it's not to do away with the importance of those services and those moments, but the New Testament church was built upon temple gatherings, yes, but then they went home to home and they broke bread and they sat around the table and they not only broke physical bread, but they began to open up the word of God that was delivered to them by the apostles of the day and begin to grow in exponential numbers um, and establish this culture that multiplied throughout the world. But now in this modern modern times, We've adopted into evangelical Christianity the ways and the culture of this world. Mm -hmm. And we have forsaken some of the fundamental things that kept those who had gone before us uh, in the hall of faith, our Jewish brothers and sisters who set a precedence. We've forsaken those things. Um, One of the other things that he mentioned before, specifically when talking about the Amish community, contrasting that, I mean, that's a big turnover Mm -hmm. to say that 30, only 35% Mm -hmm. of, of evangelicals will be able to multiply that to the next generation. That means like 70% or a little bit less than that are losing their faith every Mm -hmm. single generation. We cannot afford that. But in contrast with the Amish and the Jew, uh, um, Jewish communities, it's 90%. It's 80, 90 plus percent, you know, that they are multiplying that culture to the next generation. So I grew up in Pennsylvania, and I can remember seeing the Amish, right, on the mm-hmm. horse and buggies. I was always so fascinated with them. Um, and one of the things that Jefferson Beef talks about um you know, that that I noticed as well is just how focused they were on family and faith. Mm -hmm. And what Jefferson says is that kind of at the center of every Amish home is a table. Mm -hmm. And on that table, there are three books. Traditionally, you have the Bible, which is their primary reading, right? You have a hymn book, and then you have um, a book that tells the stories of their people from generations past and how some of them had been persecuted and how they overcame. And so at the center of every Amish home, you have truth, you have a song, and you have a story. Truth, a song, and a story. And that just stands out to me in such a profound way because it's so simple. You know, we have gadgets and technology and everything that's supposed to be making our life better. But really, all we need is the simplicity of the truth of God, God's word, which is in rapid decline, even in Christian circles, progressive Christians who no longer 
believe the resurrection of Jesus Christ, yet call mm. themselves Christians. They are allowing, you know, uh, you know, the sexual proclivity of, of all people to be welcomed and as a normal way of life, the questioning of identity, gender, and, and, and the like. And then you're talking about a song. One of the things Victoria and I connected at first really was music. It's universal. It, it transcends generations. We have songs that we've sung for thousands of years um, that have carried on the legacy. In fact, a lot of times storytelling before there was the written word was done through melodies and songs. And so you would have storytellers move from place to place telling these stories through songs Um that's how a lot of country music actually started and mountain music. And I've, I've listened to some podcasts on that too, which is really intriguing. But music is a conduit to carry the culture, the message of, uh, that you are living by from person to person. And then you have a story that we share our experiences with one another, that we are transparent about our struggles, how we've had to overcome so that we don't repeat those toxic cycles um, yeah. Yeah. I know I've spoken a lot. Go ahead, Victoria. Yeah, I know you've talked about uh, transgenerational blessing. I think you've yes. talked about it. And it, that's this is why it's so important not to have this segmented, you know, uh, family unit, too, where I think even in churches, we have segmented, you know, the elders from the young people, from the very young people, from the children. Everybody's and everybody's having their, their yeah. own little groups and everybody needs their own little thing. But what we need is a joining up together because the we need the elders. I mean, we heard the whole sermon that Les, um, Apostle Les Bowling also preached about how, you know, without Mordecai, you know, without Mordecai's perspective... Esther's mm-hmm. position wouldn't have been anything. Right. It wouldn't have, she wouldn't have fulfilled her role. And the same thing with Mordecai's pers- perspective. If he didn't have Esther there in the position, yes. same thing. Their people could have perished. So it's, it's different generations gleaning from one another. And it's not like I'm an elder, so I know better than you. Because there's an exchange that happens when you get together and you share stories and you share songs and you share about your your experiences. Anytime we've ever had people over at our house, and no matter what age they are, we've always felt when we left, we always felt like we were fed and they were fed. And I feel like those were like the most meaningful times that we had not even going to church but feeling like you had church at home because you had meaningful conversations where you felt encouraged and edified and filled up and so yeah there has to be this exchange of both of the all these generations working together because we need one another yeah um he also said yesterday that we need the strength of the young the resources of the middle-aged and the wisdom of the old Hmm. and that's so good because when you're young you have strength but not a lot of wisdom and not a lot of money Mm -hmm. (laughs) right and then when you're in the middle you're earning and you have a lot of money but you know you got some wisdom but you still need more and you don't have as much strength as you did when you were younger and then when you're old you just have a bunch of wisdom Mm-hmm. And so we have to uh, place an importance on on multi-generational ministry. I love when I go into a church and I see 
age range from, you know, 70s, 80s on down to babies, newborns. I know that that church is going to survive. It's going to be healthy because you have a lot of generations. And that's not to discount, you know, young adult movements or anything like that. But those movements have to be grounded with senior leadership, with Mm -hmm. uh, kind of the sage wisdom of our elders. It's like he was saying, you know, it always is hard when a generation feels like they got to start over. We don't want our kids to start over. We want them to stand on our shoulders. And it's the same thing with anything. Like, why do we keep our cards close to ourselves and say, well, you know, I've done ran my race, but I'm not sharing anything with you. You can start wherever you want to start, you know, and then bashing the younger generation because they're stumbling and they don't know what they're doing. Instead saying here, this is my experience. This is where I fell. This is where I learned my wisdom and I'm going to pass it to you so you can run even farther. Because it's not a one-person sprint. It's a relay race, and we're passing the baton from generation to generation. And so, uh, you know, that's really where we're focused. Mm -hmm. We're going to be writing a vision for our new year this week because it's our anniversary. Um, We're going to be celebrating eight years. Eight is the number of new beginnings. And so um, I'm excited about what this year has to offer. But we're going to be writing a vision that includes all of these things. And there's we've gone through a stripping away the last several years. Um, we've been ingrained in the systems of yeah. church and everything. And we are better for our experiences. And we, we wouldn't have done it any differently. Um, however, I think on top of that, we are, we have, our eyes have been opened to kind of where we've been lacking too Mm -hmm. as the body of Christ. And that's the mission of our ministry, Empowered Culture Ministries, is to take those experiences that you're having in kind of this mega church world um, when, you know, church is kind of an experience that you have one day a week and peeling back the layers to bring you back to the fundamentals. Not that those services aren't powerful, and we go to these services, and we love them, and every single week we're involved in church uh, multiple times. However, what we are preaching is that what what sustains a move of God is not what happens during that 90 minutes to two hours, but what happens when you go home and the rhythms you create with your family. And so that's why... Empowered Culture Ministries is been started, starting with the marriage and going into the family, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and we would love for you to make an end-of-the-year donation to our ministry. Um, at the end of the year, businesses, or everybody really is looking, you know, to to give, whether that be for tax write-off reasons or uh, just it's the spirit of the season between November and December is this spirit of generosity, would you consider giving to Empowered Culture Ministries and helping us to continue our mission of empowering families and bringing the truth back to the center of the home where revival truly is sustained right there in your home, in your kitchen, in your living room, in your bedrooms, when you tuck your kids in at night, would you give to this ministry so that we can continue to do this work, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, developing resources for uh, those who are getting married and those who are already married, and also for children? Yes, we've got some children's resources in the works as well. But we can't make any of those happen without your support. Publishing costs money, printing, 
shipping, design, all of that costs money and time, and we need your help. We've got at least five resources on deck, ready to be put, published, really. We're going to be doing some ebooks here at the end of the year, uh, one in particular um, that we're going to announce in, in the next couple of weeks. But we have some physical books, a Praying Your I Do's journal set. We have a children's book in the works. We have some other courses that we are wanting to produce. And in 2022, we are going to have our very first in-person marriage retreat. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so exciting. We had a virtual uh, workshop this year, and we're going to be building upon that. And it's going to be a hybrid between rest and relaxation slash vacation and retreat where you're going to get with your spouse, write a, a mission for your marriage and be poured into and ministered to, and then have, have your evenings and afternoons to spend with one another and rekindle that fire between you. So we're going to be announcing that at the top of the year, but we need the resources to underwrite that. Please give to this ministry make it your priority uh, for the sake of the next generation to invest in ministries like ours that are, you know, so focused on preserving our faith in the next generation. Yeah, and I wanted to encourage you guys to subscribe. Uh, You can go to ryancoleempowerment.com, subscribe to our email list so that you can um, get all the updates as to the newest episodes that we're launching, which come out every Monday. All of our new resources, um, you know, any kind of retreats, any kind of events that we have going on, we will send those through our email and our text messaging. Um, You can participate in that. Also, give us a review. If you haven't been listening to Needed Conversations, giving a review is free, easy. You don't have to make a really long statement, just something short. Uh, Five star would be great to give us um, uh, more feedback as far as what you guys want to hear more of. And also just spread the word to other people. If you know somebody that's struggling with, you know, family rhythms or marriage or relationships, send them these episodes and have them subscribe as well. These are all free resources that we offer. So thank you so much for joining for this episode and we hope to see you guys in our next one. We'll see you next week.